This is the Wide Awake Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirsten Kazarian. As a child psychologist, I believe the most important part of the work I do is supporting parents by helping them deeply attune to their child and find their own balance of connection, nourishment, and inspiration. To do this, I lean on the practice of mindfulness. Join me in a conversation about raising our kids, raising our consciousness, and trying to stay awake. Welcome to our second episode where we're going to focus on coping tools for your child during the coronavirus pandemic. You may have noticed there are quite a few articles out right now recommending we ground in order to manage stress and bring ourselves into the present moment. I agree, this is very effective and I use this technique regularly with my patients. But I've had parents ask, what is grounding? If grounding has felt elusive to you or you benefit from it but aren't sure how to help your child ground, this episode is for you. Today we have some tips for grounding through your senses, a tool the whole family can use. You're probably already doing many of these things and like so many of the skills we discuss, the goal is to help you identify your personal tools while also teaching you a few new ones. Let's first look at why we ground. When we become overstimulated with new information or experiences, our nervous system activates and starts working overtime, which is when you feel the uncomfortable sensations such as racing heart, sweating, maybe even shortness of breath, a sense of dread or panic. It's like an alert has gone off and our body is trying to manage it to ensure we're safe. Sometimes things like positive self-talk, which is an encouraging inner dialogue, or reaching out to a friend, these can help calm us down. These more emotional or cognitive approaches work really well for some. Others have more success soothing the physical body to decrease the activity of the nervous system and silence those internal alerts, which is what we're going to focus on today. You may wonder, is it okay to silence them? Yes, when working properly, the alerts let us know something's wrong and we need to take action, similar to the alarm system in your home. However, if we're lucky, most of the time the alarm goes off by accident or because we're home from being out and we need to quickly submit our passcode to stop it from blaring. It doesn't mean we don't check around and see if there's anything out of place, but we want to have tools we know work to soothe our nervous system and decrease anxiety. It's like having a passcode for our system. The other benefit of grounding techniques is they bring us physically into our body. When we feel our mind connected to our body, we tend to experience more calm. We also have better insight into our response to experiences. We trust our intuition more. Our self-esteem is improved and we have a more positive view of our physical body. Not to mention we're more attuned to the physical health of our body. So beyond decreasing the discomfort of anxiety, it really benefits our children to regularly ground into their bodies. So how do you go about introducing such a big idea to your child? 
I would start by having your child draw a body map. And this ends up looking like a gingerbread person, as if you're tracing around someone laying on the ground. But I would just do this on a regular size sheet of paper. And you, you know, do this activity while they're calm and in good spirits. Don't try to attempt this activity when their nervous system has already become activated. Then it's so much harder to think clearly, and they may mistake this assignment for a punishment. So this map gives you a chance to discuss the five senses with them, vision, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Have them add soothing activities to their body map and encourage them to draw pictures or if they're older to write the activities where on the map it would be soothing. Like listening to music may soothe their ears and their mind. I've also added a social emotional sense to my list because for so many kids, this one's really important. They become overwhelmed by the emotions and the energy of others. And if this sounds like your child, you may want to include it as well. Soothing activities for this can be added in the body or outside the body. And and for any of them, really, there's no right way to do this activity. Let them get creative. Maybe they will follow this in a moment of stress and maybe they won't. Maybe you help them think of 12 ways to ground, but they only use one. That is success. And remember that every conversation you have about self-soothing, this deepens their permission to care for themselves. And I, I really can't think as a psychologist of anything bigger that you could do for them. It helps them continue to identify healthy coping as an available option so that when they do get stressed, you're helping to train their brain to create this habit of saying, what are my options to take care of myself here? So now let's run through the senses and, and remember that This is all in the show notes. So if you want to grab your phone or your tablet and pull this up while you're sitting with them, it may be useful, but please, you know, go off map here, go off road and think of your own soothing activities um, and definitely have them think of theirs. But some of these are pretty universal and a good place to start. So first we're going to start with vision, or you might want to frame it as things that relax our eyes, taking a walk and identifying interesting or beautiful buildings, looking at the nature around you, finding animals to observe. So right now we can't go to a museum, but you can find art or photography exhibits online, picking or buying flowers, and then letting your child place them somewhere where they can, you know, go back and look at them. Sitting in the backyard together, if you have a garden, looking at that, stargazing or watching clouds. And as you guys are listening, you can also pick up, these are just all great mind mindfulness activities too. So you're, you're doing both. For hearing, you could also frame this as things that calm our ears, listening to beautiful or soothing music, or using a sound machine with ocean waves, the rainforest, or white noise, listening to the noises our pets make, going outside and listening to birds chirping, singing to your child, or letting them sing to you or a sibling. The next sense is smell or smells that make our nose happy. If you bake your child's favorite tree or meal, have them join you in the kitchen to enjoy the smell. 
Um, you can have your child smell their food before they eat it again, which is a great mindfulness, like mindful eating activity too on top of it. If you have a garden, you can help them smell different flowers or veggies. You can take deep breaths while on a walk to smell nature, or if you're not really walking through nature, at least the outside, let them help choose a scented candle or an essential oil to diffuse. The next sense is taste or food and drinks that relax our body. You know, you can bake together and then enjoy the special treat and help your child savor each bite by describing what they're tasting and what it feels like. Drinking soothing um, things like herbal tea or hot chocolate, baking fruits or veggies from a garden and tasting them. Touch or things that feel good on our body can be taking a bubble bath, cuddling with a parent or sibling, petting your cat or your dog, changing into comfy clothes or pajamas. That's always a really great reset, right? Just just take off the clothes, put on something more comfortable, and you can often see them relax right there. Using a weighted blanket, snuggling with a favorite stuffed animal, getting a back rub, playing in the sprinklers or going swimming, playing in a sandbox, or squeezing things like Play-Doh or kinetic sand. And then the sense I added, the social, emotional, and a way you could frame that is space I need from other people's feelings. You can help your child understand this by pointing out something that happened earlier that day. Maybe a sibling was really excited and wanted to play, but the child we're talking about, they did not. Or the other parent was worried about a work deadline and your child just kind of shut down watching that. Um, So you could say, I was wondering if your sister's big feelings of excitement or mom's big worried feelings were stressful for you. That happens. And sometimes we want to take space from feeling someone else's feelings. And here are some things we can do. We can watch a movie and take a break from socializing. And, you know, Obviously, if you're listening, you're interested in mindfulness and mindful parenting. And so we kind of hesitate with the screens. And I just want to throw out, like everything else, we can manage screens in a mindful way. And I want to show you the difference between letting something become a habit where we become anxious or we have a social interaction that made us uncomfortable. We don't acknowledge it consciously and we just start vegging out for four hours on our screen or our tablet or the TV versus, you know, helping a child get to the point where they can say, you know, I think that interaction really stressed me out. And now I'm going to go watch my favorite show for 25 minutes. And then I'm going to come back and play with my sister. And then I'm going to come back and do this other thing. Those are two really different ways of managing, um, that anxiety around social, emotional, sensory issues, okay? And that's using the screen in a totally different way, in the same way that, you know, as adults, different people use all sorts of things like exercise, alcohol, food, sleep, in a bunch of different ways, some more healthy than others. Um, You could also encourage them to spend time with a parent one-on-one, especially if a parent's in a really calm space and they can help them relax. Um, And also taking a break alone in a bedroom or another preferred space. 
So I hope these are useful for a starting point to help your child create their own routine for grounding. If you found this activity helpful, please share it with someone else or rate our podcast so that other parents can find this resource. If you want to connect with us, we're on Instagram at Wide Awake Parenting. And if you go to wideawakeparenting.com, you have access to our library of episodes, show notes, and books we love. That is our episode. I'm Dr. Kirsten Kazarian, and until we meet again, be gentle with yourself, courageous on your path, and let's help each other try to stay awake.